Mostly Harmless is brought to you in part by Dink. D-I-N-K. Denver's Independent Comic and Arts Expo. It's coming to Denver March 25th and 26th to the Sherman Street Event Center. Dink, of course, is Denver's newest fandom experience and is brought to you by the creators of the Denver Comic Con. It is a fun, first-class expo with an emphasis on the spirit and community of the independent comics world. The focus is on furthering the impact and cultural relevance of the comics, graphic novels, zines, publishers, and most importantly, the fans who make up this fantastic community. Now, not only is Dink bringing you the finest in independent comics entertainment, Dink will be given back to you and the community by working with nonprofit organizations such as Denver's Drink and Draw, Love Hope Strength Foundation, and many, many more. Already confirmed guests for this inaugural Dink Expo are guys such as Dennis Kitchen, the founder of Kitchen Sink Press. We got former Mostly Harmless podcast guest and Westward contributor Noah Van Skyber. Not to mention they will have guys like uh, New York Times bestselling graphic novelist Nate Powell. Eisner Award winner Jim Rugg, critically acclaimed cartoonist Julia Wirtz, and then you got independent favorites like Alex Robinson, Amy Reeder, who's a Denver native, and then uh, Mike Dawson. There's so many more guests to be announced for this fantastic event. I've seen the guest list, buddies. There's some cool people coming up. So for more information on Dink, you got to say it right, Dink, Dink, D-I-N-K, please visit dinkdenver.com. Looking forward to it, buddies. We couldn't do this event without you. We see you there, March 25th and 26th at the Sherman Street Event Center. All right, cue the theme song. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mostly Homeless Podcast. I'm your host, Dammit Damien. All right, buddies. Welcome back. If you're listening to this, hopefully you listened to the last episode in which I traveled to Chicago to hang out with Dan and Dennis from 88 Fingers Louie. We meet up at Simon's Tavern, a place that Dennis is like, man, I haven't been here in like 10 years. Dan's like, dude, I don't think I've ever been here. And uh, we have way too many beers and we just chat for a couple hours. Now, I don't normally cut interviews into two um, or chats, as I like to call them. I don't really like to call them interviews because it's mostly me just hanging out, drinking beers with bands and recording it um, and using that as an excuse to meet the people I've always looked up to. And, you know, here's some funny, great stories and share them with you. Um, but the, the, very, the, the first episode was a lot more structured, a lot more oriented. And as you're going to hear here in a minute, um, I keep trying to end the conversation with Dennis and Dan. I'm going to keep hanging out with them, but they won't let me hit stop. They won't let me stop recording. And they keep telling me uh, really, really great stories. We're going to hear some stories about the descendants and all. Uh, We're going to hear some stories about these guys being fathers, uh, taking young bands under their wings. And it's this becomes less and less of a interview chat and more and more of just a hangout session between buddies in Chicago. Uh, it was a really great time afterwards. Like Dan has to leave his girlfriend or wife, I guess is calling him. And then Dennis is like, Hey man, let me help you get to the bus stop. And we couldn't figure out which bus stop for me to get on. I ended up running across town to see a house show in an, 
like this punk DIY venue over by Township. Uh, I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Saw some really great bands, a band called Midnight Rerun. Saw a band called Vamos. Um, actually, I think those were the only two bands I saw that night. Really great show, really great time. And uh, really great time in Chicago. I also got to sit down and chat with, uh, look for upcoming episodes with my friend Heather West. She does all the PR for Riot Fest. She also runs a company called Western Publicity. Um, a hell of a woman. Uh, she's helped me in the show out a whole lot. And we did kind of a um, educational episode of Mostly Harmless where uh, she really breaks it down uh, as to what a publicist does how a publicist can help you and how you can get to the level to have a publicist and how not every band is necessarily right off the gate ready for it. She also helped set me up with uh, one of the lead singers of one of my all-time favorite bands. She set me up with Jeff from Naked Ray Gun. Like, holy crap. How incredible is that? I get to sit down and talk with Jeff from Naked Ray Gun. Now, in case you didn't listen to the last episode, the reason why I was in Chicago was for the back-to-back Loved One 10-year anniversary shows at the Cover Lounge. I've already interviewed Dave Haas, so it was kind of like, eh, I don't really want to do it again. We had a Falcon interview in the works with Dave and Brian, uh, Brendan Kelly. Sorry, I've had too much to drink already tonight. Brendan Kelly and Dave Haas, but uh, unfortunately we couldn't. You know, it's Brendan Kelly. He's a wild card. Didn't quite make it work out. Um, but still, I had a fantastic time in Chicago. Can't wait to go back. I, I'm debating about moving there. I don't know. We'll see. It might be just a little too cold for me, and I might love Denver a little too much. Speaking of my love for Denver, you heard the promo promo at the beginning of the episode for Dink, Denver's coolest new comic book convention. I can't wait for it. Hopefully, you can't either. Uh, if you're in the Denver area, it's March 24th and 25th. They just uh, they're getting ready to announce a bunch of more really really awesome cool indie comic artists. Uh, not to mention uh, thanks to our sponsors at Ratio beerworks we're probably going to be doing a mostly harmless live at ratio beerworks sometime in the month of march so uh stay tuned for that uh, right now i'm sipping on a uh a repeater from ratio it is their extra pale ale named after the fugazi record so visit uh, ratiobeerworks.com check out some of the ratio sessions that i've been co-producing with those guys uh, we've got one up right now with the menzingers so we've got a couple of videos in the works with meat wave and small brown bike not to mention uh, we just announced Ray from Teenage Bottle Rocket is going to be doing doing one March 12th. And then we've got uh, Into It Over It coming. And then I don't think we've announced it yet, but I might as well say it. Uh, Laura Stevenson is going to be doing a ra- ratio session as well. And that's kind of taking the idea of like punks in Vegas and those like cool, intimate acoustic shows and throwing it into a brewery tap room inviting all of our closest friends so uh, we got some cool stuff in the works coming out on that and buddies i've uh, rambled way too long so let's go ahead and get into uh let's get into my chat with dennis and dan the second half dennis and dan at simon's tavern chicago illinois talking to 88 figures louis about their upcoming uh reunion shows all that good stuff but first, before we get to that interview, let's give a little listen to the 88 Finger song, State of Confusion, off the record, Up Your Ass. That's right, 88 Fingers, Up Your Ass. The song is State of Confusion. Let's take a listen, buddies.
So, Dan, you have the recording studio now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bombshell. I bomb shelter. Bomb shelter. Yeah. Because uh-huh. there's a bombshell out of Nashville that does some really interesting stuff. And I Googled it and went, huh? That's not him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been, yeah. Hooray for the riffraff? No, that wasn't you. Anyway, bomb shelter. Bomb shelter, yeah. Been doing it for 16 years Jeez. now. Yeah, it's been a long time. And the first three years I did it, it was basically, it was like a fun thing to do. And I started recording some bands and making a little money, but I had another job. But the last 13, besides the band, that's been the only thing I do, you know. So I'm lucky to be able to do that because I love it. But at times it's, it's hard to make ends meet, you know. So you got bands coming in, sometimes you don't. Right. Um, I've got a buddy of mine we, we talked about before we hit record, Chris Bogle. He's in a yeah. band called The Gamuts mm-hmm. yeah. out of Denver. Yeah. Um, he runs a recording studio called Black and Bloom. I know several our age musicians run recording studios. Mm-hmm. Is that just where old punk rockers go to die in recording studios? Oh, right? I don't know. That's maybe. I know a lot of old punk rockers that go on to be sound people. I, um, and, the, and of course, that's that's with a. With I know. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of different. Uh, yeah, the ones who stay maybe true to the. Not, I shouldn't say stay true to the music. The ones who stay immersed in the music. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the recording studios, sound people. Well, one of the things at the risk of blowing smoke up your ass, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Is hold on, let me pull my pants down. It's always <laughs> my mom's gonna listen to this. Sorry. Uh, I I find that in a lot of cases, especially with Dan, um, it pays to have a, a a guy in your band that pays extra special attention to your early recording sessions. You know, Dan, you didn't. Thank you. Did you have? I don't necessarily know that you thought about having an ear for no sound or anything no. Like that. Mass was the one when Way we were there. in the studio. Yeah. Mass was like, man, you've got a really good ear for this stuff. Like you're noticing a lot of things that most people don't. And I remember he asked me, he's like, oh, do you wanna? I would love to start teaching you how to record. And I was like, no, I'm too busy with '88 <laughs> at the time. And like, I think two years later, it came up again. And I was like, please yeah. give me a job, Mass. No, he actually asked me again. This was during Back on the Streets. That was the first oh, ever right. audio stuff I worked on was during Back on the streets when That's we were recording right. it he's like i'll show you how to do some stuff so i was doing like comping vocals but sorry i didn't mean to no i was saying like in the case of uh of of your man from the gamuts i don't know that he uh you know years ago had an ear for sound but it was just something that people like dan and other musicians out there probably bill stevens and in and, and, mm-hmm. and those guys stevenson um they they grow to have an ear for that stuff, and because they can appreciate it and, 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 and love the intricacies involved in that, those are the guys that open up the, the, the best recording studios. Yeah. Because no one, let's face it, no one's opened up a recording studio now because they think they're gonna they're gonna cash in. Right. Like, yeah, that's like the, the worst job. It's the Mass, worst. Is, Mass is like, are you sure you want to do this? He's like, because let me tell you, my my. He's like, what did he put it? It's like my accountant when I did my taxes. He said you would have been better off working at McDonald's. You would have gotten paid more. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's like Al- Albini in the uh, sound, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sound uh, electric audio. Sounds, oh, yeah, yeah. It, the, the Foo Fighters documentary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, he was like, I have to make $1,000 a day or I can't pay my people. Yeah. That's so crazy. I play poker all day. It's like, I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have to make $1,000 yeah. a day. If I had to do that, I'd, I'd be done. Yeah, right? Yeah. But, it, you know. Um, but so what is it? So now you guys are on the other end. In a, you guys are, how do I put that without making you sound old? We already told you we were old. Right, so right, right, right. We've already talked about it, but I don't want it to sound disrespectful. But now you guys are in more of a, even more of a leadership role than you were mm-hmm. 
10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, you're ushering new bands into the new world. Um, you're recording new bands. Mm-hmm. You guys are giving them guidance, influence, and whatnot. Um, what is it like to be that the elder states figure, if I may say so? Uh, no, that's fine, I, and I appreciate that. I I like that because it's like I feel my dad was a teacher and I never thought that I would be a teacher because I'm like I'm not teach kids in school and here I am in a kind of a different scenario teaching musicians like what I know what I learned over time what mass taught me of how to listen to music and what to listen for especially when you're recording um so it's uh it's really cool to have that and what's really awesome is I remember my dad, he was a high school teacher, coming back from work, and again, I was younger, and him telling me stories about how these kids don't listen, and how, you know, he's really trying his hardest, and he just, you know, it's tough. And I'm lucky, because the people who come to me, they want to hear what I got to say, so I'd say 98% of the time, I don't have to fight with anybody, they're like, what do you think about this? And it's kind of nice to have that, and everyone kind of working together and moving forward in that manner, and me being able to teach people. Um, what I've just learned over time, you know. Um, so yeah, I like that, and it's cool now that I get to bring a little bit of that expertise into what we're doing now. And same with, like I was saying, with John being a music teacher, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. we're we've got so much, so many more ideas now to work with. But of course, that makes things take a little longer too. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're too, we're too perfect. I, I from a from a, uh, you know, from my. Uh, from my side, it's 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 neat because there's bands out there that that have have said time and time again, hey, you know, we we were going to fireside shows and seeing you guys and the Bowieables and Oblivion and Vindictives, and um, it's because of bands like you that we're we're doing our music now, and uh, sometimes you could hear it like blatant, not blatantly, but you know, you could hear the influence. Sometimes it's like you can't hear an influence at all, but the fact that you can't just makes it sound makes it feel like you've taken what we did and you just put a completely different spin on it Mm -hmm. which which makes it sound cool i uh not that i have people knocking down my door necessarily to do this but i always got a kick out of people that um will reach out and be like you know hey we're recording uh an album or recording an ep can we get you to come and sing a couple couple lines on something and that's that's neat because it's like all right that was that was the stuff I used to get a kick out of when I was you know listening to to you know earlier shit when I would get to hear um, uh, shit. <laughs> Just trying to think of like a, a guess vocalist on your favorite punk albums. You know when Joey Cape would be you know would lend vocals onto an Armchair Martian record or or you know like Tim Armstrong on a, on a Tim on Bad Religion yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Okay, if I, oh jeez, I gotta go pay my meter. Uh-oh. I gotta go put more money in. But you know, before I do that, I was gonna say also what's cool is now in the day of you know the days of Facebook and whatnot, seeing like someone, you know, when we when we've been on tour, some someone would say to us, "Oh, I really, you know, your music has inspired us." Dennis's lyrics has have got us. What's up? Oh, is that? Oh, you're like food. <laughs> That's oh, okay. I don't care about anything else. No. <laughs> um, meatball. They're like meatball sliders from Giordano's. Oh, so well, there's thanks. the last four of you guys going up. Thank you. Okay. Napkins. Um, All right. <laughs> Right. No, it's okay. We're vegetarian, so we'll be eating that. That's okay. But what's cool is, like, in the in the time of Facebook, of seeing like um, people 
again, we, we've heard it in person, but seeing on Facebook a lot more like, wow, you know, your music has really influenced me, or these these words have got me through life. And then you'll see them write stuff that Dennis has written as lyrics, and it's like, wow, that's really cool to see that 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 he and us as musicians have inspired people to whatever, get through life or, or go through a hard time or just whatever, become musicians themselves. So um, that's... Uh, Kind it's, of a cool thing as you get older. It's heavy, man. I, it's it's, and again, this doesn't happen a lot, but every once in a while, someone will reach out and they'll say, you know, I'm I'm stationed way overseas, and you know, uh, you know, I just ke- became a dad, like you know, on leave, or I just became a dad shortly before I left for this, you know, three-year tour in Afghanistan, and um, one of the last things I remember listening to was such and such an '88 song, or such and such an '88 album. Whenever I get a chance to listen to that, uh, you know, um, overseas, it brings me back to life at home. And, you know, I've heard from people that, you know, have lost loved ones and, you know, the ones that have passed away were 88 fans. That's, I'll never, I'll never stop being blown away by stuff like that. I say with a slider, well, I have a slider in my mouth. All of a sudden there's some in interference in this didn't start until his phone rang damn it Dan damn it let me turn off my phone my phone gives some interference on this sometimes oh well maybe we can edit it out maybe only I can hear it here plug that too but uh yeah oh it's so weird here's some real (laughs) I'm gonna edit this one yeah, so here he comes. Let's wait for him. How's the meter? Well, paying it now. I took more money. Mm. Chicago's good at taking money. Okay, okay, who roofied my drink? What drink? You're coming home with me. <laughs> what you guys talking about? Besides about how he was, he's never gonna stop being blown away. When and, people, uh, when people. You know, hear about it. Relate to songs from, you know, when they have kids or if someone gets sick and they're in our music. It is, it is pretty cool. I mean, even when I still get on stage, I'm still nervous. Every time before I get on stage, there's this nervousness that I'm like, uh, and I just, I look back and go, okay, obviously like what I do. So, yeah. You know what? That brings up a point. Sorry to kind of derail uh, this, but, this is, you know, it's something I've been thinking about because we've been writing new stuff and I'm not, I'm like, I wonder what Dennis is going to be writing about. Because we're, we're older, what are the topics going to be? And I've read a little bit, but not like... I didn't like... I, I'm, I'm bad with lyrics. I'm more of a music guy. When I listen to bands, if the music sounds good, I'm like, oh, this is cool, I like it. And then sometimes later I'll hear the lyrics and be like, ugh. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I didn't notice this. I've been listening to this for two years. But so I kind of wonder what uh, Dennis is going to write about. No. <laughs> I'll have to find out like the rest of us. No. Um... <laughs> I will say that one of the new songs that we that we have uh, was written directly about an old friend um, committing suicide, and it was, you know, no one ever wants to, to to have a loved one or a friend that that goes through that, but it happens more sadly more than than uh, we'd like to admit because this country doesn't treat depression um, seriously. Uh, but you know, it it affected me. It wasn't a friend that I 
that I kept in touch with, but you know, he was somebody I spent a lot of my teenage years with. And when you realize that you now have no chance to reconnect with that person, it's it's going to hit you. So I I, I wrote one of, our, one of our new songs around that, and it was it was weird. And I'm not going to get all emo and say that I was you know crying when I was writing it, but it was definitely like, oh shit, no, like remembering certain things that we did and putting that into the song, like yeah, it. Got choked up a little bit, like shit. Yeah, this is. I'm not writing songs about wanting to kiss girls anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure I will. But <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> yeah, I'm a creature of habit, but to to you know to like I was saying earlier, to actually take what I do serious, you know, more seriously now than I did back then. But do you? Uh, how do you separate? Like in my head, I see these two Dennises. Yeah. One that the internal 19, 20, 25 year old mm-hmm. who wrote the songs about kissing girls and the older guy, like, do you have to tap into that younger Dennis to write songs or is it going to flow more like that? Uh, older guy? Honestly, <laughs> I don't have to tap. And that's probably a good thing that I don't have to tap into old Dennis because old Dennis was a immature, impatient, distracted, you know, guy. Now I'm just distracted. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, where are we? Yeah, do you want dr- you want drinks? You want drinks? Yeah, I'll take one. Sure. What do you want? I had I forget what it was. She'll know. I hope it took her half an hour. Ugh. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll remember. I'll remember. That. Whatever. What? Stone. 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 Yeah, I'll do that too. That's great. You want to do Stone IPA? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. I'm. If anything, and we. I kind of struggled with this a little bit when we did some, um, we did a 20th anniversary at the end of 2013, and then um, we did two shows back-to-back, two Chicago shows back-to-back, I guess it'll go back about a year now, close to it, uh, where we did all old songs. One set was going to be like, you know, based on the full lengths that we did, but then we did a set where it was with our first drummer, and we did just all the seven inches that we did leading up to our full length. You know, there's songs about beating off. Like, yeah. Sorry. If I wasn't a little self-conscious about being 42 and singing songs about masturbating, then, you know, uh, I'd be a weirdo. So, you know, sometimes I can't, uh, as much as I don't want to play an old song, I'm not going to, if it gets enough of a reaction from the crowd or enough, you know, we do still run the band on a, on a democracy, and yeah. if the guys want to bust out a song, you know, like in the John that again is written about masturbating, like then yeah, four out of or three out of four of us want to do the song, and we hear enough people asking, you know, why don't you guys play the song again? Then, then yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. Whereas, you know, these new songs now, we're excited to play more and more new songs. The last show that we did, we played four, um, and. Uh, and it was great because we would start each each bracket of our set with a with a new song, and we weren't as uh, I wasn't as. You expect me to pay for these? Cash only. I was oh, about to put it on. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone have any cash? Or no. I because as long as I get like a five, that should be all. I need. Yeah, here's five. Oh, it's more than. All right, whatever. Okay. Actually, you know what? Give me a single. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, pal. Um, 
It's definitely easier singing the new songs on the old songs, I'll say that. Well, it's like uh, JJ. They just wrote a new Nobody's record. I'm excited to hear it. I can't wait. He, he emailed it out to everybody, but I didn't, I haven't heard it yet. And I can't wait to hear this JJ's got a daughter now. And it's yeah. like, JJ, do you want to keep writing songs about the best damn tits? Right? Yeah. And you have a daughter? Great ass tits. Great ass tits. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, 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 see, we'll see what he comes up with that, and that's going to be out soon. Hopefully you guys play together some more. Um, well, we are we are we are bringing it back to '98. We're uh, our next Chicago show. When when when's, when are you planning on putting this out? The the interview. A couple weeks, right? Well, I, whenever. If you want me to wait until you announce. Something. Oh no, I think we're announcing early next week, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Broward. So, yeah. So by the time by the time this airs, we're actually going to be playing with Digger. Oh sweet! Hell yeah! Uh, they're uh, holy shit. Since they yeah. since they reactivated, they've uh, they've been asking about. Uh, doing some shows together and you know yeah. before now I had lined up but this time around it's like okay well we're yeah. we're doing a local show um, let's uh, let's see if those guys want to do it so it'll uh, it'll be nobody. good to see those guys again I asked you this at Ride Fest uh, Dan you weren't there but uh-huh. I mean so I guess I'm asking you can fans break up nowadays oh yeah oh yeah absolutely I think they can I mean, well, it's it would be it would behoove them not to can they stay broken up I guess is a better question well, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, because there's there's just some some things have happened in between people that they'll either a they'll never um, they'll never forgive. You know, let's say it was bad. You know, whatever the reason right. was, somebody slept with somebody's wife, or who knows. Or on the flip side, I mean, if you just you know, when you're younger, you have certain things in common. As you grow older, what I've seen with a lot of people is they grow apart. Whether it be away from punk rock, I mean, there's so many people I know. That I you know. Yeah. Somebody who basically gets away from punk rock and is completely different. It's like a businessman now. And what and looks back, oh yeah, I remember when I did that. Like, my punk oh, rock days. Yeah, my punk yeah. rock days, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, when you have a person like that, of course they're not going to reform. You know, they're not going to be part of it. Um, so yeah, I think bands can break up for good. The, the, the thing, if I remember correctly, what we talked about in Denver was... Bands now are better off saying that we're going on a hiatus yeah, because yeah, yeah. you never know what circumstances are going to bring bands back together. But again, you, you touched on something perfect. If anybody in this band slept with, well, I was going to say, wait, <laughs> oh. never mind. Not, not me. Uh, no, if we did something like, you know, some Fleetwood Mac, we did some serious yeah, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that's what I was thinking with Fleetwood Mac. Speaking then, of which, then, I thought I Fleetwood Mac too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll play. I'll cover Fleetwood Mac song. Dude, I want to do. Uh, Don't, not that song. Come on. That song. The chain. It's been done too many times. Has it? Yeah. Do that bass line. <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, I mean, sorry. I, I the, the bands I honestly thought would never get back together are getting back together. The one holdout, the two holdouts right now in my in my mind right now are uh, Bugazi and Elliot. I can't yeah. think of an, I can't think of another band. Uh, well. Minor Threat as, you know, an extension right, of, yeah. of Bugazi, but I can't think of another band that uh, that, that I want to see get back together that hasn't already got back together. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. I mean, the replacements. Yeah. People, people, people shit, you know, a lot of people shit on it because it wasn't the full band, but, you know, replacements are my, my fucking Beatles. I'll, I'll gladly see two replacements on stage and no replacements at all, you know? But the fact that they got back together, sure, it was for a lot of money and maybe their maybe their reasons were purely um, uh, you know personal. But whatever, it was it was good to see bands that I never thought I'd get to see again. And if people and if people 
uh, feel that way about us, then that makes no. me even that makes me even happier. Well, I think we, if, if they listen to this, they'll know it's not for any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been getting better offers, which is nice. But by the what, what is really cool is the yeah. whole fact that yeah, going to practice, playing these songs together, yeah. it's like yeah, we, yeah. you well, can see on everybody's face that everyone's oh, into yeah. it. It, it, it. To me, it, I. I haven't been in a band long enough for it to have meant something to get back together. But it's just kind of like, you break up with the girl, she goes along and lives her life. Sometimes you run into him on the street and you're like, ooh, what the fuck was I thinking? And sometimes you run into him and you're like, oh, that was the one that got away. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, even just seeing you guys at Ride Fest in Denver, it was like, hell yeah, I'm glad those guys are back together. Hanging out with Thanks. you two now, it's yeah. fun. Good, good. Like, you guys haven't missed a beat. That's good. I thought you were getting bored. No, I'm yeah, just no, kidding. No. I got beer. I don't get bored. <laughs> I get drunk. Well, Dan, Dan's, Dan's like the girlfriend that um, I would make out with every once in a while, but I would in never his, in his head. But his I would dreams. never want to fully commit because I wanted to see what else was out there. God, I have so many of those right now. <laughs> uh, so we we've been chatting for a while. Let's start to wrap things up. Yeah. I have this idea in my head that you know there are guys out there. I worked a bullshit warehouse job and I was miserable and I did zines in my early late teens early 20s I'm like 30 years old working this bullshit warehouse job and I started listening to podcasts and I'm like I miss doing that mm-hmm. and I got up and I'm doing it again and through that like getting up off the couch and doing stuff I'm sitting here in Chicago with you guys you know like that that the kid in me still his mind is blown it's like holy shit so I, I like to end kind of with some kind of like, you guys got up off the couch and you're doing it. You know, there's a kid somewhere listening to this on his iPod who wants to start a band. Like, what do you tell that kid? Like, like you guys have kids of your own. Do they play music at all? Do they want to? Um, my my son's uh, 20 going on 21. And he, uh, he had notions of playing music a couple years ago, um, but... He wants to be more of a, a, a band manager than a, than a musician. Um, I mean, makes more money, probably. Makes some more money, and he can, I don't know, just to see him excited about what his friends are doing. Yeah. You know, he's a fan that wants to work with this band as, you know, with his friends as much as possible. Um, and, and that's cool, because there's, so, like me, like there's so many different ways to be involved and oh, yeah. invested and do different things, whether it be work in a recording studio or band manage. Right, exactly. Um, I uh, I think if anybody has any inkling about starting a band, they should start a band. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You're yeah. not going to know what it's like until you try it. I had no, and if we and we might have touched on this uh, over the summer before 88 Fingers, I I knew I could sing, but I never had any any idea of even joining a band. Yeah. I was going to be a fireman. I was going to go to school, I was going to finish school up, and I was going to be a fireman. That was it. And then, you know, meeting these degenerates, all of a sudden, you know, things lined up. And <laughs> before I knew it, you know, I remember going home, you know, my folks had just split up. I remember going home, you know, to my mom and saying, hey, it looks like I joined a band. And she would say, oh, that's cool. Let me know when your first show is. And then eight months, nine months later, we're, we have a record deal. And, and yeah, it's, it, was, it moved fast. It moved really, it moved really fast. But to, to people out there that have, have always wanted to start a band and never have, you're not going to know what it's like until you start it. Yeah. And you're going to, you know, we were lucky, but, you know, uh, you are going to fall. You're going to fall back or fall down. But if it means something, you just keep trying. 
Yeah. As, as, as generic as I could possibly say. Well, in, in my opinion, I mean, forget even the band issue. I would say just playing music. It's to me, playing music is living. Doing anything else, you're just surviving. Yeah. You know, you're just going through the motions. To me, music and whatever art it is you choose, whether it be writing or painting or whatever it is, you're that's an outlet that you can you can rely on when you need it. When you're feeling shitty or happy or sad or whatever, that's something that that you've got that outlet. So whether you play music and want to start a band and that's going to be great and you're going to have, like Dennis was saying, you're going to have the shit times, you're going to have the breakups and you're going to have the fighting and the kicking people out and the, you know... To me, that's that's living. That's like where it's at. Yeah. So yeah, if you if you you know you always have time to come back and be like, okay, I can't survive on music because most people you're not going to be able to. Yeah. You're going to have to get a regular job like every other schmuck, and and it sucks. But have that outlet. Don't give up on it. And that's even when you get to that age where, okay, here's my job. This is what I do. Well, I haven't picked up my guitar in a while. Okay, go pick up your guitar. Right? It's going to help you. You're going to love it. So, Well, like I, like I even told my son, uh, as he got older and, you know, his ear turned to more and more music. He was he's still just as involved in video games. But, you know, when, when playing with the action figures stopped and he... His, his ear was more tuned to music, he would ask more and more questions. And he'd be like, why didn't you ever just make a living doing the band? I'm like, it's, it's never that easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, you know, I, I think I, I probably told him this a few years ago. Even if you weren't even a idea in my head, there was no guarantee that any band I did was going to make a living. Like, people to this day, co-workers, family, whatever the big... Oh, I see you're doing the music thing again. I can't wait till you can make this your full-time job. Like, nobody can make this their full-time job. <laughs> it's it's funny. I just read an article with uh, the Chino from the Deftones. Yeah. And he he said something basically like, He's if we're not touring, three quarters of the year, two, or two like thirds of the year, three quarters of the year, something like that, yeah. we're, I'm not going to make enough money to support myself and my family. And that's partially because of record sales and you know it downloading all that. So. And that's something that scares me too, because we're we're at a point where we do have jobs and we have to make our money. And it's like we would love—I don't know about Dennis—I would love to do the band full time, but it's like you just how are you going to do it? Yeah. yeah. Financially, it, it sucks. It's really hard. So yeah, if you're looking—this is another thing I'll tell people who are looking to be in a band—if you're looking to do it for financial reasons, don't you're just fucked. stop. Yeah, you're just totally stop. That's, it, it's possible. It's rare as hell. If you want to do it because you love it and there's a feeling that you get when you play and and that, then yeah, absolutely go for it. And yeah, it shouldn't be about money. It is, it shouldn't be, but it is to so many people. I mean, look at the shit. I can tell you Chicago bands that change their style in order to to sell out, and they did. And you know... You know, some... some, Look, you can't give Billy Billy Corgan that much shit. Some, you know... Some boys just want to go through the fallout and get their money, and that's what they do. And that's you know, oh, fallout. Happens. Is that a reference to fallout? You're <laughs> such an asshole. Whatever. I made it I, as obvious as possible. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're going to be listening to this. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> Although the record producer is an acquaintance of mine. Maybe. Um, no, I don't know who they're working with. Is it still? Well, Sean O'Keefe? My friend is dating Sean O'Keefe. I've never met him. I've, I've, you know what? I met Sean, Sean O'Keefe a handful of times. He's always been nice to me. Yeah. It's always been cool. Yeah. So well, he's, here? He's, he's dating. Yeah, he lives here. He oh, dates yeah. a friend of mine who would not. Who's so picky that if he wasn't a great guy, she wouldn't be dating him. So there you go. 
Anyway, he he just made the albums. He didn't make them. Right, right. Anyway, um, do, 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 do. you want to get up off the... So, and then here you guys are. I'm good. You're doing it again? Yeah. Is it rewarding? It is. It, it is. It, it, for me, it's... For me, it's like there's no. How do I, how do I put this? Just put it. I'll just put it. Uh, better be beers. Say it, buddy. <laughs> Listen. Uh, 1998, the reunion comes back. That was me saying, "Woohoo! I'm divorced. Mm-hmm. Let's let's really do this." Like I had no. I had no foundation to, to do this band other than I'm finally free. The one. In my mind back then, the one thing that was holding the band from doing stuff was I didn't have a supportive spouse. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know, I'm going to throw caution to win. I'm going to do this all over again. Uh, and it, you know, it lasted how long it lasted. This time around, probably more so than the 2013 reunion and the 2009 stuff that we did. This time around, it's like I have no other... In my mind, I have no other reasons for doing this other than I just want to do it. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to impress anybody anymore. Um, I don't have to prove myself to anybody anymore. I'm doing this because I want to do it. When we, when we started talking about... Sorry. Uh, why is my girlfriend calling you? It's getting weird. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so, I mean, it's... it's yeah. For me, it's like... I just have no other reason to do this other than I want to do it. There's Hell no yeah. no ulterior motives. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Hey, so um, all right, we'll we'll start to end right now. Um, yeah. You guys are playing in Florida with my buddies and all at Helter. Yeah. yeah, and Flag on Fire. We're doing three shows. Uh, Mark, you remembered because I didn't. Or yeah, March 31st, April 1st, and April 2nd. Yeah. So we're doing and in order, it's Orlando, Orlando. at Back Booth. Uh, Lake Worth at a place called Propaganda. It's like really close to West Palm Beach, I guess. Um, and then the last day is in Jacksonville, home of Bird Attack Records. Uh, and that's at a place called Harmonious Monks. I, was, I take that back. We're actually playing Jacksonville Beach. It's which is a little further east. Oh <laughs> yeah. And then Denver for PBR. Yeah. And no, then the, then the week PBR. after, yeah. P, uh, oh yeah. Contract Bowling Jersey. Yeah, yep. PRB, not PBR. <laughs> so, yeah, Florida. Actually, but not we do, Vegas? No, we did Vegas last year. Okay. Yeah. Not that, it, not that we would have said no this year, but... It, and I get it. It's like the Riot Fest thing every other year. Yeah. You're eligible. And then we're... And then, yeah. And, like, we're looking into some other places, hopefully. Again, time permitting and... Yeah. Who's in bomb shelter right now that we should... Uh, people should look out for? Oh, geez. Well, the last... the the One of the... Uh, an album just, that just came out that I recorded um, is a band from England called the Bittertown Hounds. They flew all the way to Chicago to record with me, which was amazing. And they were their their ages ranged from eighteen to twenty one. Somebody and just it was turned awesome. twenty one. No, no, just turned eighteen. He was seventeen. Oh, the bass player was okay. seventeen when he flew in, and I think two days later he turned eighteen. And <laughs> he wanted to go to the bar and was like, "Why can't I?" Yeah, he's like, "Wait a minute." No, but really really talented guys especially for that age I'm like man if I was that good at that age you know um, really cohesive together uh, two of the guys are brothers the 17 the 18 year old uh, Rowan and Toby and um, it was great working with them 
That, that reminds me of a question I like to ask recording guys yeah. on the occasion I get to talk to them is, if you're in a young band and you want to record for the first time, what should you be ready for? What, what should that young band be prepared to do in the studio? Well, uh, spend a lot more time than they think they need. Because mm. most people, they play a couple songs at practice, they're like, oh, we can go in and record, we'll just play it live. And you can do that, it's not like you can't, but when you hear the records out there nowadays and how well produced they are and how tight they sound, you don't get that by playing it live all at once. You have to go and work and work and work. And people are like, hey, we want to record, you know, four songs. How many hours is that going to take us? And I'm like, that's going to take you like three or four solid ten-hour days. Um, and, and at first, they're never like, they're like, yeah, what? You're what, crazy trying to steal our money. Yeah, and, yeah. I'm, and I explain it, and I've actually got it on my website. Um, bombshelterchicago.com sorry <laughs> gotta do that but no it's actually on the website like I have a uh, FAQ section of what do I need to do what do I need to bring what am I what do I need to be prepared for I actually break it down per guitarist singer bass player what what you should bring to the studio and that's just like the physical stuff like extra strings and picks and all that but yeah being prepared to be patient and really go over parts and uh, and hopefully if you've got a good enough producer learn because I've worked, hell, we've worked with engineers that, you know, hit the record button and when you were done, hit the stop button and yeah. said, what'd you guys think? We're like, I well, know, no, I, yeah, I know, yeah, we know what we did. Yeah. What's your input? You're the one that's going to be putting this all together. Um, and luckily, I'm, I'm that guy who's like, hey, this was good, but you need to tighten up this part or whatever. And be prepared to play things over and over again if you need to, yeah. Well, one um, thing, too, not that we really had to experience this too too poorly but as a as a musician going in for a recording studio for the first time you kind of have to have a thick skin yeah especially if you're you know a prima donna singer like somebody else i know <laughs> you know you're not gonna if someone if you think you just did the greatest take ever uh -huh. and someone gets gets on the intercom or talks through your headphones and goes yeah dude you're a little flat there you're a little sharp there you're like you can't just sit there and you know go fuck yourself i'm the singer i know what i want you they're doing this because they want, they have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Dan's got, Dan and every other engin, engineer out there worth his salt has their band's best interest in mind. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, typically what I say is what to experience is, or what to be prepared for is a song per day. If you want to record five, six songs, ten songs, ten songs, be prepared to be in the studio for ten days. So the four songs that we're demoing now, plug, plug, uh, uh, is that going to take four record. months? <laughs> With the way we play, yeah. God, I've been editing. I, I, I've been editing a lot so far, but yeah, <laughs> taking some time. I'm going in for the uh, for the vocals next week. Actually, oh. we may not. What? I want to. I might want to get the. I'll tell you about it later. Oh. Well, I want to do some of the music stuff, like solidify all that first. Oh, good. Buy me another week then. Yeah. Probably will buy you another week. <laughs> oh yeah. So Mr. Mr. Procrastination over here. You got Mr. Precision and Mr. Procrastinator. <laughs> That's right. And, and I'm sure there's no idea when that's ever going to come out. Huh? I want it to be out by the end of this year. I don't know. Well, that's the thing that's tough. It's like we don't know what we're putting out. Right now, this is just pre-production for us, for four songs to figure out how these songs are sounding. Do we need to tweak them at all? Which I've already heard things. So I'm like, yeah, we need to tweak some things. Um, are you going to record them, the final product, or are you going to take your hands on them? Well, that's, we've, we've sort of broached that. We're, we're basically uh, taking these four songs figure out what we, how we want them to sound. We're probably at some point going to release them to the uh, labels that we're interested in uh, to figure out is there a 
their market for a new 88 Fingers record on so-and-so's label or so-and-so's label. Um, but the caveat to that is, you know, we have a built-in producer and engineer, whether it's done at Dan's studio, which would be ideal, or they prefer us to use so-and-so's studio, hell, as long as, long as Dan's, uh, Dan's the point man on that, I'd... I don't give a shit where we were going. Yeah, I definitely want to be the guy to, to work it because I love I love doing this. It's... And you weren't back in the day either, right? No, we were like I said, we were going to Master Your Genie, and uh, I mean he taught me a bunch of stuff, and that's who I learned from. And I like I said, I worked yeah. on back on the streets as an assistant. But um, yeah, this is I don't know, it's our baby, but for me, it's really I, I'm really connected to it. So yeah, I want to do it. I don't mind going to a different studio because obviously my studio is good but it's not like some multi-million dollar studio i think i put out good product but i if we go somewhere else especially for drums i might want to go somewhere else and yeah just see what happens you know but i think we've all got the experience and everything to put out something really, really can we go good. to colorado for the drums <laughs> this guy why no i like the mountains <laughs> i'm sure bill would love to have you there we actually toured mm. that's a that's a bit of a sticking point. What? Uh, the last 88 tour in 99, at some point, we found ourselves in Colorado, and we took a tour of uh, Blasting, Blasting Room. Room. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With the intention, well, I shouldn't say the intention. The idea was that maybe we would record what was going to be the third 88 Fingers record at, at, uh, at Blasting Room. Yeah. But obviously, that, yeah, well, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that we do it all in-house. It'll obviously save a lot of money, and uh, I, I don't know. I think we all know like what we want, and it'll be easier to talk to me than like another different producer to be like, "Hey, can we change this?" It's, you know, we know I, our view. I don't mind the idea of somebody else co-working. I don't. I don't either. I don't you, either. If, if somebody wants to sit down next to you and you know, I don't know the engineerial jargon involved there, but if you know, <laughs> he's got to throw a couple of faders up, and you got to fix the flush capacitor. Then that's fine. <laughs> It's, it's mostly opinions uh, at, at that point, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> Are you guys always just wonderful together? I think so. Uh, <laughs> this, these past couple years, yes. Yeah, couple yeah. Years. yeah. In the old days, sometimes we fight about Here, here's it. Here's one thing that uh, uh, I will say that Ryan uh, touched upon in Anxious and Angry. As an outsider, years ago, he goes, I would go see 88 Fingers shows in, uh, I guess it would have been Minneapolis when he li was living there. And he goes, I would see you two on stage, you just look like you hated each other. You guys just look like you hate each other. And I started talking about that and I thought, I said, for the first time I think out loud, I said, I just knew how to push Dan's buttons back then. Yeah. And once I figured how to do that, I was relentless and it's shitty. And Dan, I'm here to apologize. No, no, no. And you know what's funny is I've got going, those friends too. No, yeah. going and going through high school, I was it was horrible. I would people would start making fun of me and they could see right away it was hurting me. So what do people do? They keep going they keep with going it. At it. Yeah. And it wasn't until it wasn't until the band where I toughed it up and realized, wait, if I'm gonna get shit dished at me, I gotta dish it back. And that's when I got really good at it. Well the ironic, yeah, it was it was fun. The ironic <laughs> part was I felt I took so much pride in being able to push your buttons and, and shit talk you or whatever. I got picked on like a motherfucker in high school. That's, I had no, yeah, I had yeah. no way to That's defend why we're myself. Sitting here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cheers, cheers uh, to that. I can't cheers. Oh, sorry, sorry, you're empty clink. faster than us. Because <laughs> well, these doubles are a little. Uh, I'm, also, I'm a little younger. <laughs> I'm from a different altitude. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, but you know, yeah, like I said, back then it was it was uh, it was 
a competition to see. Honestly, yeah, it was a competition to see who was going to get on each other's nerves. Yeah, you know, there were there were. This is kind of sad when I think about it. There were days worth of shows where I would only really talk to Dan while we were on stage. We got off stage. If he handed me a guitar, can't start. I wouldn't pick it up. But if he, you know. <laughs> There'd be a lot. There wouldn't be as much interaction because I just didn't want to talk. I didn't. I, I. For a while, I thought you know this guy and I don't have anything in common. You know, blah blah blah. You that. <laughs> <laughs> I was jealous of your hair. Of course. Uh, it's beautiful. Thank you. I was telling him like, hey, uh, Dan might beat me here. Just look for the guy with the long hair. He goes, I know what he looks like. He's, he won't be hard to spot. <laughs> it's, it is like it's your trademark, man. There. You there. probably have the longest hair in quote-unquote punk rock. Maybe. Ty- Tyler from, uh, yeah, no, his isn't that long anymore, but it's still long. Tyler from uh, uh, Pulley. Pulley, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an awesome dude. Another I, band I never saw. I've yet I, to see. Yeah. I think, uh, wasn't there a point where that dude from the Osprey had his hair as long as yours? Oh, uh, Noodles? I don't think he did. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't really care. There's no contest that I that I'm part of or know of. I just I just wear it and that's that. I, I like that there. It's a good amount of gray and you don't hide oh, it either. Tons of gray and I don't give a fuck. That's great. What was funny is thinking of speaking about my girlfriend's kids back um, when he was like what 13 or 14. The son. He was like, wait, are you dyeing your hair? Because I see these two streaks of gray and they're like symmetrical, like right behind your ears, like underneath. I'm like, no, I'm just going naturally gray. He's like, you're lying to me. You you have to dye that. It's too perfect. I'm like, uh, nope, it's just how it's happening, you know? One great thing about having kids uh, is my son has no filter. None whatsoever. <laughs> he's, and he's his father's son. I will. He's definitely his father's son. But I will, I will, uh, he's, he's very picky about the shows he goes to. And, you know, if I want to be honest, something like Riot Fest is worth his time, but a double door show, show probably isn't because, you know, them kids, Probably, they like the fests. The fests, and I think the, I think the girl, the guy quotient in a club show is uh, more guys than girls, whereas a festival, there's more girls. But anyway, he'll he'll tell me, look, I've I, I probably put on 50 to 75 pounds uh, since the band last played, and there'll be times where I'm not walking around that apartment, you know, sucking in my gut, but certain times I'll, I'll come, you know, we'll pass each other by, and he'll be like, you might want to change that shirt. <laughs> you might you might think you're you know you might think you're pulling it off, but you're, you're not pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's rough when you hear that from kids. Oh, he saw pictures of the Dumbledore show we just played last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he goes, uh, "Why'd you pick that shirt to wear?" Because I saw how I saw how around you were the minute you left the house. Like, what the fuck, you little asshole? If he's if he's gonna point that out, you should be like, well, tell me that before I leave you, ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how you get to be a better tour manager. Yeah, yeah, before, not after. Well, he's got his dad's. He's 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 twenty, so he's got his he's got mine and basically my brother's and my dad's metabolism. 20, you know, up till about 23, 24, we thought we were invincible. Oh, you, yeah. We could we could eat a seven-course meal in 10 seconds uh, and not put on any weight. But once 25, 26, 27 hits, so that metabolism is going to catch up. Yep. You'll be fat in no time. Right? <laughs> Just wait till he starts drinking. Unless he already is. Well, that's, yeah, when, it, that's, when, it, that's when it really kicks yeah. in. I think he doesn't think that I know... That he's twenty year old. He's twenty years old. Shit, when he was eighteen, I knew he was drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You got some editing to do on this one, but I mean, whatever you, whatever you guys want. This is no, fun. I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is great. Like, we, we could probably do this for another couple of hours if you want. I still got a drink and I still got time before I get yelled at. Um, I want to commend you on uh, the beach slang interview. You oh, did. did you listen to that? I did listen to it because a beach slang is, as far as modern day bands go, they are, they're in my top right now, and a lot of, a lot of others. Uh, but I loved how it was similar to, to, to the uh, us working around Iggy Pop set when the I think it was the Warriors yeah. were sound checking. You'd have this like nice normal conversational tone with uh, with JP and and, uh, and Jim, and then the band would start playing, and all of a sudden everybody's voice rise well, rose. But you know nobody. Nobody skipped a beat. It wasn't like all of a sudden, like, oh god, why are they playing so loud? Like, the volume just kicked up and kicked up a notch. And I, I'll probably edit this out because I don't want to sound too self-glorifying. Damien, I love you. No, but uh, uh, but that's I like the idea that it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out backstage bonding. Because yeah. I worked in music venues for so many years. Yeah. And I would have these kind of conversations only without a microphone, without a mm-hmm. platform. And like I tour managed Drag the River for a little bit. And, oh. Oh, wow. Uh, like you, I, I, like, um, yeah, big big fans of the I, I ended up at Stephen Egerton's house at 3 a.m. with Drag the River and Austin Lucas, and they're sitting around talking about Boys the Men, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm just the fly on the wall sipping on the, the Crown Royal going like, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> I, got a, I got a quick Egerton-related story. Uh, so um, for a long time, I was part of a... Uh, all in descendants message board uh, conglomerate yeah. of people and I think it was called the dork board back then but it was centered around um, uh, it was all with Scott playing uh, Riot Fest so this would have been 2006 2007 okay, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit later I can't think of the, the year offhand but um, Stefan I would know from here he actually remembered me from from being in '88 and touring Blasting Room when he was. Oh, he remembers the, everything and everyone. When he was when, he, when he was still based out of Colorado, but um, he was an avid poster on the bulletin board. His wife uh, Nat's a, a, was an avid poster on there too. So anyway, long story short, they were hearing so much stories about Kuma's Corner. It's like, what can we do to get there? I'm like, well, they don't take reservations, but let's see. If you guys want to bring a couple people? I'll. Uh, I'll get there ahead of time. We'll see what we can do. Well, a couple sorry, people turned into like 25 people, and you know, luckily it was nice enough outside that we that we that we moved it out. But I brought my son with me, and at the time he was like 12, 13, and just a shithead. And uh, he was, you know, crabby because he's waiting too long for his burger. Everybody's drinking. Da da da. Um, all goes to play that night, and. Liam doesn't know any all songs. He knows, at this point, he probably knew his fair share of Descendants songs. His favorite being I Like Food. So they get about two or three songs into their set, and he keeps yelling out I Like Food. And Scott... His father's son. Yeah. (laughs) His father's son. Scott uh, sort of looked irritated, but I don't know if he was just playing it up. He goes, wrong band, kid. And they went into another all song. Well, I didn't notice this, but at that point, Stefan had leaned over to you know their stage manager and they said go go grab that kid so we're we're as, we're as close to you know front lip of the stage as we could possibly get and uh all of a sudden out of nowhere this guy comes over and he goes uh 
hey, uh, the guys would like to see your son on stage. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And I start following my kid. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> they want your son on stage. I'm like, okay. So three quarters of an all set, there's my kid rocking out. Didn't know a damn song. You know, here I am crying when they do She's My Ex. But, you know, of course. he's just hoping he gets to hear one Descendants song. And I think they ended up doing, you know, Coolidge or something like that. But uh, Yeah, Coolidge is always some yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah, but he's, uh, uh, Stefan's, you know, a, a stand-up dude. Uh, talk about nice guys, those Drag River guys. Uh, I've been uh, friends of mine for, for years. I don't... I don't I'll be the first one to admit that I don't get to. I don't go to every Chicago Drag the River show because, you know, I, I can come up with a million. million talking about getting older, I come up with a myriad excuses why I can't go to a show. It's cold it's out. It's cold out. It's a Tuesday <laughs> night. I think I got to get up at six tomorrow morning. And even though they don't play, they play at eight o'clock. I'm like, I need twelve hours of sleep. You know, all that shit. <laughs> so I haven't seen Drag live in uh, in, in a few years, but. Um, I actually might reach out to those guys um, before we go to Denver to see if they want to come down. Come up? Come down? Where's the Fort? Where's the Fort in relation uh, to Denver? It's down. Down, okay. Some of the guys live in Denver. Well, yeah, the drummer, the, Dave's the drummer. It, you know how it drags the river. Yes. John and Chad and whoever else plays with and JJ's not playing with anymore, is he? No, not it. No. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of all in Descendants, mm-hmm. do you think Do you think that one of the new songs, you know, That Innocence, do you think that has, does it feel like any of those bands? Not that it. Oh, that is. Yeah. yeah. To me, it does. It sounds like an all song. Okay, good. Yeah, wait, one of our new songs is, sounds like an all song. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I was never. I mean, I like all. I love them. And I've never written anything like that. And it's just, it's just like kind of came out, and I was like, wow, this kind of sounds like all, which is not like '88 at all, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I just oh, yeah. thought of that when you were talking about an all song. Um. Jeez, we should have ended an hour ago, but I love hanging out and chatting with it's you guys. All you so can edit that, And right? it's still, it is still going. Well, I might edit. I might not. We might just throw up a my first two-hour episode. Oh, Jesus. Or part one, part two? Maybe. Stay tuned for, for part the two. conclusion. <laughs> but, uh, where you find out something really interesting. Yeah, we used to get made fun of in high school. So I like I like the thing that we're, you're saying, like, sometimes it's like, ah, it's too cold. I'm not going out tonight. But yeah. do you ever foresee yourself completely quitting this world? I mean, you're playing in the band again. You're you mean killing myself? No, no, the punk rock world. Oh! He's like quitting this yeah, world. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. there's a few things I could do. Come I on. You I'm just kidding. Know what I um, no, I can't. Even so. when there are times, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to out myself here, uh, not in the way that you want me to out myself, but I'm going <laughs> to out myself here. Damn it. When we split up in 19, first time we split up, 1996, I came home and I was working at a record store and I said, if I never hear a guitar, for as long as I live, it'll be too soon. Yeah. And before I knew it, I was listening to techno. As crazy it is to believe, I was listening to nothing but electronic music. Now that, a, a total of maybe six months where it was nothing but electronic music. Eventually, you know, I had to, you know, stop just <laughs> li- listening to nothing but that. Um, and there had been times over the years where like, the idea of, the idea of an 88 Fingers reunion was embarrassing to me. Because that was my first band. I didn't know what I was doing. Well, guess what? As fun as it might have been to do the other bands I've done over the years, it was always missing the one thing that 88 had. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want to... Chemistry, man. Yeah, it's chemistry. You're it right. is. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. It's totally chemistry. It's totally chemistry. Honestly, there was, there's something about it that it's just like, I don't know, it's weird. Because I've played in other bands and I've, I've liked being in other bands and playing with them. And there's something about this that it just, there's something that locks in. It's weird. It's true. It's true. Um, I can't. I can't. 
I could tell yeah. myself eventually I'm going to grow too old to, to do something like that. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. Jesus. Yeah. I. But the, but but you know to bring it back to Naked Reagan, which we talked about so much earlier. Yeah. Like they're seventy-five Jeff years old. Yeah, yeah, they're so fucking old. Eric Spicer, I, I mean, think, might be eighty-two. I'm not I even joking. But they're still doing it. I mean, yeah. Iggy Pop is still doing it. Yeah, Granted, probably for. I think he said it. He already said this might be his last album. This thing he got with yeah. Josh Dashani. Um. I mean, even me, like I, I. She won't listen to this. I'm dating a woman with a kid, and I'm like. Is, is it time to go straight put all this away she's like no honey that's what makes you interesting and makes me want to date you oh, like, yes. oh. that's awesome See, well, that's... We, we, have okay. a, we have a we have friends one, one in particular yeah. that we were kind of hush-hushing about earlier mm. you just complete there's guys out there that went completely off the range where they were just like you know punk rock was just a phase for me I, you know uh I dated girls. I was married to a woman that did the exact same thing. It was like, punk rock's cool. My boyfriend slash husband's in a punk rock band. And then all of a sudden it's like, that's so immature. Why don't you get, you know, yeah. do something with your life. That, that kind of shit. But anybody can have it. Yeah. I don't know. Not now. Now it's not very damn time. But yeah, so, I know what you, you mean. Know. But it, uh, it, And that's it, the thing. Having a job gets in my fucking way of doing the things I yeah. really want to do. Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll be I'll be 100 honest with you. My show going show going days when I'm not playing are I probably go to five shows a year that I don't play, and that's and that's probably being conservative. Yeah. And it's not because I hate going to see bands. It's again cold. It's 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 it requires an energy that I the amount of energy that I don't know that I have anymore. See, for me, that's a little different, because I, I, I still enjoy going to shows, but there's times where I'm like, oh, cool, I can't wait to go see this band, and then I go, and this is where I start seeing all the opening bands, and I'm like, all right, these guys are good, but now I'm sitting through, like, two or three bands that I really, yeah, I don't give a shit about, yeah. and I try, I really, really try to be like, I gotta keep an open mind, and listen, and, you know, 30 seconds into the first song, I'm already like, okay, these guys suck. Yeah. And they you know? say, you know, you're drunk, because... You go right to the bar and like, yeah, yeah I've been, I've been pretty good you're, with that, trying to you're, not you're, do that. You're drunk slash you're sixty dollars lighter in an hour and a half because you're waiting for the band that you want to yeah, see. Yeah, it, And it's, it's, and, no, it's. But every once in a while, you get lucky. I, I, okay, I went to see, uh, um, there was the Rule Twenty Two reunion at Brower House. I yeah. went to see, and uh, another band called She Likes Todd that I like. I actually worked with the singer for a while and set fire to reason. I was like, okay, this is gonna be cool. And there was a band that opened up called um, This Obsession, which I, I've heard about them. They actually were talking about recording with me and never did. And I watched and I was like, wow, they're really good. Like, they're tight. And so there's a Chicago band or at least a suburban band you could uh, listen for. But they really, like, blew me away. I was like, wow, this is a really good band. So that's cool when I go to shows and I still see bands that can, can bring it, you know? Um, I, I feel like I just don't have... I just don't have the attention span anymore, and it's yeah. sad. It's I will go, I will go see some of my favorite bands, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, I can't fucking wait!" I'll give you a perfect example. I'm a huge Super Chunk fan, huge. I I might I might challenge anybody in Chicago that likes Super <laughs> Chunk better than I do. No, but uh, and I've been lucky enough to see a couple of local festivals that they played, and you know, a couple of club shows, and probably 15 songs into their set. I, I start looking at my, start taking out my phone. Like, uh, time to go home. I'm like, all right. Then I start thinking of excuses. Like, well, I don't. I want to avoid the crowd, that big procession of people that leave the club. So, 
and all of a sudden I turn into a Long Island Jewish person. <laughs> then all of a sudden I want to say, it's time for me to go. Uh, no, they don't start thinking, like, well, I want to get out of here before the crowd gets bad. Or, uh, I looked at their, a couple of their set lists online, and uh, they're not encoring with anything I want here, so I'm just going to leave. There's, I think there's one band uh, in the past probably five years that I've seen that I will say from start to finish, and it's a old band that reunited, ironically enough, is whenever Afghan Wigs come into town. Oh, shit, I will not, I will, I will get, I will make sure I see... I, whether they play 18 songs or 8 songs I will I will be as close to the stage as I possibly can and I will see their entire set and I won't I won't look at I won't be distracted by anything else but that's maybe that and one or two other bands everything else is like I love this music I love you guys but I only got so many hours of the day yeah alright <laughs> sounds like our cute music to end it you got the dream boys coming up I mean, we can still sit here and talk. Yeah, I know. I'm just. I'm, just... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna turn this off. Turn oh, it off. Are? Yeah. Turn it off. Anything else you want to say before I turn it off? No, thank you very no. much, man. See you in Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, buddies. Hopefully, you guys had as much fun uh, hanging out, listening to me get drunk with Dennis and Dan, as much fun as I had doing it or something along those lines. I'd like to thank those two guys. Uh, they were so kind and sweet to hang out and chat with me. Again, we ended up hanging out for like three hours. Dennis walked me to my bus stop, almost got on the wrong bus. Um, just just damn good guys, and I, I was just so fortunate to have met them at Riot Fest Denver and get to hang out with them while I was in Chicago. Um, they really set a great tone for the whole rest of the weekend, and we've got a couple interviews again with Heather West of Western Publicity and Riot Fest uh, coming up, as well as Jeff from Naked Ray Gun. Those are coming up. I'm not quite sure the order because I have a couple more timelier interviews coming out of uh, Denver that uh, need to get up first, but we'll see what we can get done, buddies. So stay tuned. Uh, please visit our sponsors at RatioBeerWorks.com uh, for more information on the ratio sessions that we have coming up. Try saying that a few times fast. Ratio sessions. Uh, and uh, also make sure to check out DinkDenver.com. I'm going to be hosting some panels, doing some stuff for Dink, and I, I can't wait. It's going to be a super cool time. Uh, and again, uh Dennis, Dan, thanks again for hanging out. I'm really bummed that I'm not going to be able to go to Florida with my good buddies and all out Helter and see you guys down there March 31st through April 2nd. God, that's that's in like just a couple weeks, man. But uh, we are going to hang out. We are going to go to Ratio Beer Works, and we are going to drink way too many beers when those guys from 88 Fingers Louis are in Denver for the first weekend of June for Denver's uh, Punk Rock Bowling Festival. They're going to be playing with Millencall, and how awesome is that? Another one of my very favorite bands of all time. So, all right, buddies, uh, please visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, tuned in, all those great places. Uh, let us know what you think. I've got a whole bunch of one-star reviews, and it really cracks me up. Uh, so please go, don't go leave one-star reviews. If I'm worthy of a one-star review, leave a one-star review. If you actually like the show, please leave me like a three or four. I don't, I don't know. I, it cracks me up. Anyway, buddies. Um, well, uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and end this episode with another song from 88 Fingers Louie. Uh, this one is, I mean, this was on all... I'm just going to shut my fucking mouth because I've already talked way too much. <laughs> this is the song, 88 Fingers Louie, I've won from the record Behind Bars. Buddies, we'll see you in the funny pages. You take care now.